Hello and welcome to Diminishing Returns. We are here again. It's I, Alan, and with me, as always, is Sol. You're not doing Let's Get Down to Business. No, no, I'm not going to do that. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's Sol. And joining us, um, as she has done many times previously, it's friend of the show from Why This Film Podcast, Emily Slade. Hello! Hello. Uh, yes, well, let's get down to business then. Uh, to defeat <laughs> the Huns! Okay, so today we are doing Mulan uh, in anticipation of the live-action remake. We'll talk about that uh, after we've talked about the original Mulan, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm just guessing from what I know of your, your taste, Emily, that you love Mulan <laughs> like it was your I firstborn child. love Mulan. <laughs> okay, good. Now, <laughs> yes, I thought you might. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Yeah, Emily, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with her, uh, big fan of children's films uh, from the 90s, because that's when she was a child. And Sol, we've we've done a few Disney films before, haven't we? Yeah. We've done here. We've done Beauty and the Beast. We've done the good ones. Aladdin, (laughs) The Lion King. We've been doing them as they've been remaking them, haven't we, really? Yeah, Aladdin, The Lion King, Dumbo, and I think Beauty and the Beast snuck in there as well. So yeah, that's kind of the... The four pillars. So where where does Mulan rank on your kind of Disney uh, list? So, um, it's sort of the the mid level, the mid tier between like when they were really good and when they were falling apart and didn't know what they were doing. It's that kind of awkward <laughs> middle period in the late nineties when they um they were kind of trying Hercules. to figure out how to move with the the change in in attitudes and you know. Like for example, the 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 shift away from the musical, the idea that mm-hmm. putting singing in your films was no longer cool. So their response was, "Well, we'll do a musical, but we'll only do like four songs instead of like a proper musical." Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I have to admit, I've never seen Mulan before. What? Um, and, uh, and to be honest with you, it, it never really resonated as one of the kind of classics of. Disney lore, like your your early Renaissance period, so I think it had gone a bit by the wayside for me. Uh, and I, I'd just like to reveal straight up that I was quite impressed with it. Actually, I, I really enjoyed it. Thank was God. that purely because of Eddie Murphy? Or I will admit, he he is a big part of it. I am very concerned there's going to be a doorbell noise anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I I will leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... <laughs> but yeah, I think. Uh, well, I guess we're getting right into this, aren't we? Uh, yeah, Eddie Murphy as Mushu, a little dragon thing. Um, I think is a huge part of this. In the same way, you know, that Genie makes Aladdin. I think it's a very crucial How aspect. Funny. How do you feel? I about literally have a note that says the only flaw <laughs> in this movie is the desperation to uh, recapture Robin Williams' genie through the use of Eddie Murphy. I'll grant you, it. De- yeah, I, it definitely feels like, let's do another genie. It definitely feels it like they've, they've it, set out with it, a course it, and, it and they've Yeah, done yeah. It. it feels very much like genie created by committee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you can you can just picture the Disney boardroom with everyone wearing their suits, kind of focus testing the different colors of Mushu's eyes. Ish, it's funny, ish, and I get it, and I like the use of a sort of uh, companion on her journey. I think it's a very useful tool. Um, I have nothing majorly against Eddie Murphy. I just 
it, he's so close to just being the absolute worst and he never quite goes that far but he he comes close a couple times where I'm like oh no stop <laughs> well I think he brings a much needed energy to it and I also think yeah as a general criticism I think every other character in the film is quite bland uh, yeah particularly I, 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 was get, I was about to say the exact same thing there's the so he is the injection of personality that that is required. Yeah. He's the only character in the film who who is remotely more than two dimensional. That's just great. Now what? I'm doomed, and all cause Miss Man decides to take a little drag show on the road. Yeah, because even even the other little side comedy characters don't really get enough to do to they they obviously got a very quick snapshot here as the personality kind of thing but they don't quite get enough traction to really do much with it and then like some, I'm the, I'm very conscious that we might not get a doorbell ring but you <laughs> might still drop in a a line reading for uh one Mr Mr Harvey What's his name? Harvey Feierstein. Harvey Feierstein. Feierstein. Yeah. Do you know what? For for quite a while, when I was listening to it. I thought that was B. Arthur, and I thought that is genius <laughs> casting. <laughs> to have B. Arthur as, as an aggressive, like little man. Order. People, order. I'd like a pan-fried noodle, sweet and pungent shrimp. That's funny. <laughs> Looks like our new friend slept in this morning. Hello, Ping. Are you hungry? Yeah, because I owe you a knuckle sandwich. Soldiers! Well, how do you feel about that, Emily? Um, my, my my thesis that Mulan is bland. thing is, I've never... Right, you... I don't want to play this card again, but I'm going <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> You don't get this movie because <laughs> you're not a woman. Like... She was a role model, and I unfortunately cannot separate how important this character and story was mm. from any logical uh, viewpoint you're putting onto this movie. So now that you've said it, I know what you mean. <laughs> I do not agree because it is all about Mulan, it is all about her journey, it is all about the choices she makes and the way she does things and how she does things and it's perfect <laughs> she's perfect well I mean I must I must admit one of the things I really liked about the film actually was that I felt like I could relate to it, I think because for for, for the vast majority of the film it's not really about a, a woman in a man's world, a woman having to pretend to be a man to get by. It feels like it's a story about someone who feels like they're not good enough, feels like they're out of place, and has to prove themselves. And and that yeah. re- that's totally relatable. In this particular case, it is, you know, informed by the fact that she's a woman, therefore not shouldn't be doing this stuff. Lee Shang is having the same storyline, basically. Same uh, disappointment, yeah. living up to expectations, bringing on... I, I would argue that he's also incredibly bland and uninteresting. He is bland, but also he's immediately good enough to live up to those expectations. You know, he is hitting everything he's supposed to. Um, so it's not. I don't think it is quite the same. Uh, but yeah, he's also extremely bland. 
That, that's the point, because Mulan is presented as something of a fuck-up up front. She's not presented as this brilliant um, woman yeah, because that, just won't I guess that's, to. that's what I liked about it. Okay, so if she was like this great warrior and then but she and she could do it, she could do everything, but she just couldn't get the chance because she's a woman, I think that's a different story to someone who just has to go out there and do something that they've that they're not equipped to do and have to learn quickly and have to adapt and overcome because yeah. they've been thrown into a situation. Uh, and well, I think smart, that's not hard. Exactly. That's what she does. And that is established from the very beginning. Yeah. And I think that's a lot more relatable uh, as a, as a kind of overview. And I think that's a very good way of, of doing this film. And you still get all that kind of female agree, empowerment yeah. stuff um, yeah. as well. <laughs> but I think that helped me relate to it in a way that perhaps I wouldn't have otherwise. And, it, and it, yeah. it also makes it feel, especially for someone who is not going to relate to on that level, it feels less like you're being sort of slapped around the face with a kind of big flag that says female empowerment, you know? So uh, it, it's, it's cool. Although remember, this is this is the late 90s. That's what they were all about. Like, late 90s feminism was hardcore, like, Good girl power. power yeah. as, as, like, in retrospect, we're like, uh, like that. <laughs> was what was happening um for whatever like however you may feel about that and you're right this movie doesn't do that too much it just like um you guys it's so fucking good (laughs) (laughs) okay so let's let's start at the beginning we have um mulan we sort of set the family home mulan's dad has got a dodgy leg grandma's a bit mouthy uh the mum is pretty uh Pretty mumsy, I guess. Uh, she just second Disney princess to have both her parents. Oh, really? Yep. That's interesting. I'd never really Sleeping thought about Beauty that. had both. Mulan has both. Um, Tangled has both, and That's then amazing. Brave has both. <laughs> um, you're not really into the later films, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Tangled's ripped away from her parents in a in a sense, though. Yeah, you? so. Sort of technically, she does, but that's interesting. Well, Moana has all of them, but obviously that was years later. But uh, would they? Would they? Um, do they usually have a dad and no mum, or is it the other way around? Yeah, usually the mums died, and I did make a point about this. Like, I love Rulan's family structure because it's the first time we properly. Because even Aurora was like, like, like Rapunzel was. They're ripped away from their birth parents and they're raised by like random people and then they get to reunite at the end this is the first time we actually spend time with both parents and i feel like correct me if i'm wrong but all of the father figures up until this point you think of the sultan you think of um maurice from beauty and the beast they're these bumbling comic relief sort of idiot figures mm. that just there to get in the way of their daughter's love story mm. but this father is like drawn with so much respect and he's so supportive and understanding he's not really like a father figure we've ever come across before he's still pretty useless though isn't he like yeah they they have to be he's just not funny yeah he's just not funny (laughs) (laughs) i I know what you mean yeah i think uh they tend to be good-hearted but kind of Perhaps look in like, their own world. King Triton is just really angry all the time. He's got a lot on his plate. <laughs> Please. You try, you try fucking ruling the water world, world of sea. What yeah, you got a bloody <laughs> sea witches stealing people's uh, voices. She, it was her kingdom, actually. It was her queendom, and he took it from her because she had tentacles. Yeah, he took it fair and square. 
he did not tell you that's a conversation for another day but I really like Mulan's father he's so calm and it's going to go into this sort of like the only thing with this movie is it does suffer a little bit from ori- orientalism well yeah I mean I don't I don't know anything about China now really <laughs> <laughs> I certainly don't know anything about it like 200 years ago or whatever this is set so, yeah, I mean, they could pretty much make up whatever they want. I, I wouldn't, I'd just go with it. I'll tell you, I, I watched all of Jackie Chan Adventures, and <laughs> this had loads of stuff that looked similar, so I think it's pretty... No! no, there's a lot of mixture of Japanese culture in with the Chinese culture in this movie, and it's a bit of a shame, and, like, the reason... What, you mean, be you mean they cast George action. Takei... <laughs> the uh <laughs> the makeup and the Japanese flag at the <laughs> ten when they're in China. Um mm. that kind of stuff. It's it, it's a shame and like it's it, it's unfortunately unforgivable. The new movie will obviously rectify this, but um I, I, I've, I've yeah, I I've made a, a note that sort of touches on that, which is the uh, the the music, the score at times goes into this incredibly weird eighties electronic kind of vibe, but then <laughs> uh, it, it kept, <laughs> but it kept reminding me of Alan. Uh, I don't know if you remember the music from First Blood Part Two, <laughs> where he goes to does he go to Tibet? Probably that, Tibet. Where, yeah. Where's he go? Or Thailand or somewhere? Goes to be a monk or something? Yeah. <laughs> he goes. He goes somewhere like that, and and Jerry Goldsmith writes a a score to. Uh, do the whole, you know, American take on on Oriental music, oh, yeah. uh, quote unquote. And then at the end of the film, the credits rolled and it said "music by Jerry Goldsmith." And I thought, oh, oh. that's that's why that's why <laughs> it sounded like that then. Yeah. And you're right. I think nowadays they would have hired a uh, someone of Chinese heritage to do the music. Yes. Yeah. But you know, Han Han Zimmer. Did the Lion King? Hans Zimmer is from uh, Shanghai, so that's fine. If you did the Lion King, you think it'd be from? Oh, okay. Where's that set? It's from the Serengeti. Serengeti. Um, her grandma is iconic. Is she? Is she? Yeah, Mulan's, Mulan's grandma. You, is, is this an iconic in your character. head again? Is this iconic in, just to you? Oh my God, both of you. The grandma in Mulan is iconic. Okay. <laughs> We so by what metric? We haven't really come across again. It's the first time we're being introduced this, to this sort of sassy side character that up until this point had usually been played by like a horse. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like they usually gave it to like an animal. And yeah. in this movie they give it to the grandma. She introduces us to the, the cricket, which is great because he's there for the, the long haul. Is the cricket iconic? This is something Disney Disney is really bad for this, particularly recently, where they'll have just one too many cute sidekick toy characters. They were thinking about it though. They had the dog that fed the chickens. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That dog. Yeah, and and when the cricket was introduced, I was like, oh god, it's that bloody like that lizard (laughs) entangled and the chicken Uh, in Moana. It's that bloody extraneous (laughs) animal. But then I realised that he is actually very useful because you need someone for Mushu. Yeah. To be able to verbalize talk to. against talk, yeah, yeah, talk at, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I thought it was all right, actually. Yeah, I liked all that play and back and forth between them and stuff. Like I say, I really like Mushu. 
I guess if you want to move on to him, <laughs> I thought. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm quite disappointed. I, I think Mushu is the best thing about this film, to be yeah, honest. Apart from maybe the music. Iconic, I'd say, is iconic. Yeah, it is iconic. I'll, I'll give him that. But I just there's something about this, this what everything in this movie is iconic. Okay, I'm going to everything we break down. I mean, is it though? I, this I, movie is I would fantastic. Uh, I think the most iconic thing about this film in this day and age is the fact that McDonald's did a Szechuan sauce time. <laughs> Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> Rick and Morty made a joke about I and then how long it would take the toxic to bring up the internet fandom through a hissy fit about. And God damn it. That's, that's the lasting legacy of this film. Is, They're is, bringing uh, it back for the live action. Mishi's fine. Uh, Leah Salonga reprising the singing voice of Jasmine, but now as Mulan, because they're basically the same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Donny Osmond as the <laughs> singing voice of Lee Shang. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very peculiar casting. The the not singing voice of, of Shang is uh, B.D. Wong. The scientist who, from Jurassic yeah. Park. <laughs> exactly. B.D. Wong, who is this incredibly camp, not particularly masculine man. So, I mean, I, I mean... He's not incredibly know, camp, is he? He isn't the last thing I watched him in, which is what I'm judging him in. <laughs> well, right, well, fair enough. He, he, plays a, he plays a witch in American Horror Story season eight or something, and it, he's incredibly camp, and I assume that's just kind of what he's like normally, but maybe he was... <laughs> Miriam Margulies? Yeah, Miriam Margulies. Yeah. yeah. She's actually Japanese, not, not Chinese. So that's, <laughs> that's an error. <laughs> um, but no, it's a great little cast. Yeah, and, and of course, uh, Eddie Murphy. Ding dong. <laughs> what do you what what do you want to happen? What, Swear what? to God. I want Chinese Eddie Murphy to do. <laughs> no. no, you do not. Have you not I seen? Want, I know Norbit. exactly what will happen. Eddie Murphy will come in. He'll be coughing. He'll say, "Sorry, guys, <laughs> I'm not allowed out of the country." For I I, I do not. I do not dare even go near Chinese Eddie Murphy because I've seen. I've seen clips from Norbit where Eddie Murphy plays <laughs> Mr. Wong. Please, do, please tell me you made that up. No, he nope. play, in Norbit he plays an old Chinese man. No. <laughs> get, like, it, complete it's with the exact voice you would expect. It, uh, basically, I remember, I remember years ago Norbit was on Netflix, and you know how the pictures kind of scroll through along the top if you just... Or I, I mean, now it plays a clip, but it used to just have pictures of the film. And... I just left it on Norbit while I like went to do something and then came in and there was this weird looking little Chinese man oh and I just gosh. thought, no, it isn't, is it? <laughs> and I'm just out of interest. I just press play, skipped ahead about five minutes and straight away it was Eddie Murphy in full like white chicks makeup but with, you know, slanty eyes and buck teeth just shouting like, oh, Norbit, what are you doing? And it was like, oh, that's... <sighs> We know but just little boy. He like to always run all over place. Naked. Always naked. And no but when he was just a little boy had a pee pee the size of an egg roll. <laughs> I'm Mickey Rooney. <laughs> oh my god. I mean it basically is. I watched that for the first time the other week. <laughs> that was eye opening. <laughs> that was a good sort of thirty five years earlier though, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. Oh, we haven't talked about the fucking villain. 
Is there a villain? Oh, yeah, there is. Uh, yeah, okay. uh, he's, he's very. Villain. I mean, again, a very bland, generic character. Guys, this villain is iconic. <laughs> no, we. Uh, <laughs> what's what's the what's the name of the villain? Shan Yu. Shan Yu. Oh, Miguel Ferrer. Okay, good. He's terrifying. He's so well designed. Mm. He he's Instantly got this enormous army. He has these li- He only has like nine lines in the whole movie, and all of them are iconic. Absolutely, all of them. <laughs> and uh, genuinely, like he opens, and it's like all of China knows you're here, and he's like perfect. And then he's like, how how many uh, men does it take to deliver a message? And then his archer is like one, mm-hmm. and then he's like. The little girl will be missing her doll. Uh, like ah, but I, that, so that's cool. something they handle really well in this film is Im- implicit death without actually showing anything, mm. which is a, yeah. which is a you know it's a Disney film, but it is quite brutal. And how do yeah, you get away yeah. with that? I think they do a really good job of that actually overall. It, mm. And it's it's almost scarier because they're dancing around the subject instead of just showing us corpses. And my favorite favorite thing about this villain, and they so easily could have done it. Especially in 1998, and they don't. He's got do sharp, it. spiky teeth like a vampire, no. and glowing eyes. <laughs> Not once does he go, "Oh, a girl. She's the soldier from the mountain," and that's all he refers to her as. Not once is he like, "A girl beaten by a girl, blown up <laughs> by a girl. I can't believe it was a girl." That never happens. Yeah. She, he just goes, "You took my." That's a very good point. Actually. He respects I, her as a warrior. I, yeah. I hadn't. Um, I had noticed that, but that's actually very, yeah, yeah. very interesting. And uh, it's brilliant point. that yeah. that never happens. My my favorite thing about the villain is um, that Mushu sets his eagle on fire, and he's like a roast <laughs> chicken. But then, like, it's the second Mushu needs to go flying, doesn't he? Like, grow his feathers back or something? Yes. Yeah, what like like the... the kite. Well, I liked it when it turns into a plucked chicken. It, it has the exact same sound effect, which is probably Frank Welker. As the chickens earlier on eating corn, <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's yeah. the noise a chicken makes. That's, that's it. <laughs> it's funny the the tone is a bit um, off there, but I love it. In the uh, in 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 honor of our guest, I I think I might rate all of the songs out of ten <laughs> from this film. Well, all four songs, all four songs, yeah. But no, can I As just say through. though? I really like that. I know I know exactly what you're saying, and you make a very good point that they started being like, oh my god, the, the movie musical is no longer cool, and we start going into this more sort of Lilo Stitch, Treasure Planet vibes, Tarzan, especially yeah. kind of thing, and I get it, but I think it really works for this movie. They use songs in the first half of this movie to establish a bunch of stuff, and Honor to Us All is done so well, and obviously Be a Man is fucking iconic, and <laughs> then, then they stop the songs. I used to have Mulan on tape, like genuinely, yeah. lads. I fucking loved this movie. Like I have every memorabilia for this movie. Um, <laughs> and I used to listen to it at nighttime, and they would play all the songs. And you're right, there's only like four or five songs, but they're it's all four. brilliant and they all play a part. And then I think it's really cool how like Mulan wouldn't work with a big finale number. Do you know what I mean? You couldn't do a, a reprise of Reflection. I I just think I don't know. Just do, do, be a musical or don't. Like give the villain a song. Let's have no, an opening it, number. It's like Jafar. You don't give villains a song if you want them to be legitimately scary. No, you scary. do, but then they sort of dying. speak it, like Rex Harrison or Jeremy Irons would do it. It's like, you don't yeah. actually sing. It's just sort of Jafar like, has a song, anyway. 
No, I like Jafar, the Jafar reprises Prince Ali and kind of subverts it. Yeah, but they also originally gave him a solo number, which they then took away from him because they thought it undermined him as a character. To make him less mm. scared, to make him more scary, they took away his song. The, li- the best bit in The Lion King is when Scar sings Be Prepared. Yes, but also he's very effeminate and, and that sort of fox. Oh, so being a woman makes you weak, does it, Emily? <laughs> Literally. Where did you even get that from? There is no correlation to anything I just said. Um, to make him less scary, they, they give him foppish traits and therefore he can have well, a song and the song is brilliant. I'm not sexist, so I happen to think that women can be equally as scary as men. <laughs> So uh, I don't mind if they make a villain slightly effeminate. I like is, is that villain scary, really? What, Sean Yu? Yeah. He's just, you just, the whole time you just sat there, like, thinking, is that Jim Cummings? No, it's not. But oh it might as well God, be. no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> he's just the no. henchman from Aladdin, again. That, yeah. What's his name? The one who always talks like... Jim Cummings, that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like him. I think he's... Is, yeah, I think we just don't get any backstory at all. We don't get any sense of the history between them, why they're fighting at all. You know, he, he is just sort of like a, a a beast. It's like what what I'm gonna know about history. <laughs> if you did know about history, you'd know that it's historically inaccurate. Because yeah, the, the right Huns had stopped invading <laughs> China about twenty years prior to this movie. But, but you know, prior to this, we had. Um, we had what's his name Frollo, Judge Lord Frollo. What's his full name? Yeah, Judge Frollo. In, in in the Hunchback of Notre Dame, we had yeah. uh, Hades in Hercules. They're two I of Disney's finest, scary. most nuanced, three dimensional villains today. Hades is only the way he is because James Woods turned up one day and did a joke, and they were like, "Let's keep it in the movie." Otherwise, well, James James Woods be- just turned up, and they were like, "Oh, this guy is the devil incarnate. Like, that's perfect <laughs> casting." Do you? Um, I agree. Judge called Frollo, Frollo is an incredible villain, but he's in a story that what well, he? I mean, the reason he's scary is because he's talking about rape and genocide, and mm. in a Disney movie, and that's why it's scary. And this guy is killing our main characters, like our name. Yeah, characters. but I mean, Rattigan was doing that ten years ago, and you know, <laughs> bring back Vincent Price. That's what I say. Can you rate the songs? I wanna. I'm fascinated. We'll have you washed and dried, trimmed and polished till you glow with pride. Trust my recipe for instant bride. You'll bring honor to us all. All right. So, so at the start, the closest thing we have to an opening number is "Honor to Us All," which is yeah. sort of. I don't know. It, 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 it's it almost too far the into the character. Yeah, but it's. I mean, it's a good five to ten minutes into the film, so you're sort of thinking like, "Oh, it's a musical." And I think with these things, you should just hit them up front with a song, so you know what you're doing. Mm. Beauty and the Beast doesn't open with a song. Beauty and the Beast literally opens with a song. It opens uh, with Bell walking around, going, "Good morning, good morning." It opens with like the fairy tale. Oh, like, the sun is shining the Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I'd like this one. That one, but you've read it twice. <laughs> Fresh ripe tomatoes. That's it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a great op- that Beauty and the Beast's opening number is the best part of the whole film. 
Anyway, Mulan. I give Honor to Us All an 8 out of 10. It's actually, nice. it's a real, I wasn't that into it when I was younger, but it's it's really catchy and I keep going back to it. And I, for the last uh, couple of days, I've had it stuck in my head, but I keep putting the song, uh, the lyrics from Tenardier Waltz from Les Miserables <laughs> into it in my head because I can't remember the actual lyrics and I realise they have the same rhythm. But it's not an opening number. It just feels like we've missed a but song. But it's an establishing number. Uh, I don't know. It feels almost abrupt where it lands. I need more establishing. I'm like, well, I get it. Mulan is uh, a fuck up. But what about everyone else? What What's this world that I'm being introduced to? China. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I think I think this is the thing. They were quite lazy in it. They were just like, look, different cultures to us. And it's China, but like you know, that looks like a piece of uh, ancient, you know, medieval Korean architecture yes, over there. It's so Orientalism. What's that about? <laughs> it's it's fashionable China for the West people. <laughs> okay, then what happens? So then, then we Mushu... move on to reflection. Look at me. I will never pass for a perfect bride or a perfect daughter. I'm not meant to play this part. What a load of shit. Oh, this song launched Christina Aguilera. It's iconic. It's fucking iconic. This is the one song I can never remember anything Yo. about. Reflection not only launched the career of Christina Aguilera, it is literally the most iconic part of Mulan. She comes home riding, you don't see because they deleted the scene, and she goes to play her Adam's guitar and she's singing about And she was like, like, obviously when I was like seven or whatever, and she like read the lyrics and she was like, oh my God, did you write that? Is that how you think? Is that how you feel? And she was super concerned. And I was like, no, mum, it's Disney lyrics. The writing quality of a seven-year-old. What are the lyrics? Who is that girl I see staring straight back at me? Why is my reflection someone I don't know? Deep! (laughs) So yeah, that is just so that's the most generic musical theatre. Like that could be from any. I am, though I've tried. Could be from Wicked. It spoke to a lot of people. Okay, so that's all I gotta say about that. What were you hiding, Emily? I don't know <laughs> who I am. Um. So how are we ranking reflection? Six out of ten. Fine, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I mean, let's get down to business. The next song, mm-hmm. great song, fantastic musical great number, song. one of Disney's best songs of all time. I would argue, by far and away the standout moment of this film. Yes, it never struck me so hard until just now. It's just a Rocky montage. Musically, it's the most like eighties montage. Yeah. Oh, it's obviously a montage, but musically, it's an it's a Rocky montage. It's musically the it's like the music from Rocky Four, but with lyrics over it. I Like, I don't know if you feel the same. Like, I mean genuine right now. Like, when he's like, you're not suited for the rage of war, so back up, go home, you're through. And then she, like, picks up the weights and she climbs the tree and she gets the arrow as the, like, music kicks in again. It's incredible. It's so uplifting and so good. I mean, do you feel that? Do you do you like the song of its own accord, or do you like it with the accompanying visuals as well? I prefer it of its own accord, to be honest. I think the visuals accompanying don't quite do it Uh, justice. I mean, they're good, but they're not... The song on its own is wonderful, I I think. Yeah. Well, this song is is the song... This is purely what you can blame my Eddie Murphy impression on. Uh, This is where it all started. (laughs) What, the one where he says Shrek a lot? (laughs) (laughs) No, because I'd be singing along to this song, and then, you know, you do all the voices... I'm never gonna catch my breath, all that would say goodbye to those who knew me. Was I fool at school for cutting gym? This guy's kind of scared of death. Hope he doesn't see it right through me. Exactly. And you, yeah. you, you get you really into you, you think, oh, now it's my chance. It's my chance to do Mushu. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's kind of scared of death. Oh, God. <laughs> scared to death, Shrek. <laughs> um. It, it, this is it's wonderful, and just to prove that this song's better than whatever song two was, I've forgotten it. Mi- Reflections, mirror, what's it called? Reflection. They didn't even ask Christina Aguilera to do this one. They were like, we're going straight to the top, and they got they got Chinese superstar recording artist Jackie Chan to do the pop version of this. It is so good. His music video is excellent. Uh, 
And it, yeah, his music video is him sort of doing the, the bit with the bamboo pole, whacking vases, but he doesn't actually whack any vases, I don't think. And it's just him spinning a bit of bamboo around. Oh, uh, and so me, me and friend of the show, Howard, used to listen to it and try and... Uh, in, in a way that's, you know, uh, problematic by today's standards, but we were we were children. We would just try and sing along to the Jackie Chan version, spinning sticks around, which meant we were doing, like, garble not real Chinese <laughs> but it was but it wasn't that problematic because the fake Chinese we were doing actually sounded more like Swedish chef from the Muppets <laughs> I'd, I'd always fall into a kind of Hinder Yinder Jürgen which uh, isn't too bad <laughs> So I'm taking this as a 10 out of 10, right? This is a solid 10 out of 10. Oh, this is one of yeah. Disney's finest musical numbers of all finest time. It's hours. one of it's one of the greatest musical numbers in in anything. I would it argue. really is. You can't help but sing along to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, then the film forgets that it's a musical for a bit. And then they sort of remember and they go, oh, shit, we better do another one. And we get a girl worth fighting for. instead a girl worth fighting for which is you know it's perfectly pleasant it plods along it's very like duh, 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 duh. it's very much on par with the sort of song you might get in a straight to video disney music uh straight to video disney sequel that's fine it's fine seven out of ten to that one is yeah is that's fair. it's it's fun it's cute and it's I always really liked it for the sort of shock reveal at the end, the sort of absolute tonal shift of like, doi doi doi, the only girl who'd love him is his mother. Oh, look, massacre. I Oh, I must admit, yeah, the way it transitions into the yeah. next scene is wonderful. And I think it needs to be there as this kind of light-hearted musical romp so that that next scene has power. Wait, And yeah. I think that's why it's there. I think it's basically manufactured for the sake of that moment. Yeah. Um, and I also think the visuals accompanying the sequence are, are really quite good. They're more inventive, I think, than most of the other musical numbers have. I also like the bit where the guy goes, beef, pork, chicken! Mm. <laughs> <laughs> As that. And then you've got the, um, the credits number before we hit Christina. No, Do you remember it? Count. It Doesn't so count. counts. It's so brilliant. It's called True to Your Heart. Oh, what is it? Like Boys Two Men featuring Stevie Wonder or something. <laughs> it's Not interested. So good. I, well, you were a lot better than I thought you were going to be in terms of kindness. <laughs> I'm fair. I'm, I'm fair, you know. Tough but fair. Tough but fair. Uh, so, I want to I wanna address, we haven't properly addressed, the actual gender elements to the to the film mm-hmm. because like i said earlier i think uh, in the beginning part that's that's not that's not the impulse for her to go it's not like well i want to be a man or i want to be more have the freedoms of a man the the impulse is to protect her father yeah but then 
by the end, she is basically winning respect for all women because she can sort of hold her hold herself up with the men and therefore is worthy human beings. So I mean that she's she's better than all of them. Yeah, I don't think she it's funny, she I, surpassed I never got the, the impression peers. that she changed like culture values in China and women were allowed now to be seen and heard. I think it was more that she was respected as a soldier despite being a woman. Do you know what I mean? It was a very much a single mm. solo one off person thing. As opposed to like now we can just enlist women yeah, into the but, Chinese army, no worries. Well, you know, the the king says, Look, you can be you can be my new royal advisor, chief royal advisor. You can, you know, make change for the future and you can, make not women. Any woman. You yeah, can. but she could have she could have stuck around and and made real change for women's rights and that's true. You know, pushed pushed for uh, progressive you know feminist causes, and instead she's like, nah, <laughs> oh, not man. interested, mate. You think I did this for all women? I did this for <laughs> me and my dad. So fuck <laughs> yeah, and she leaves. <laughs> I mean, yes, but like, and at the end of the day, that's that's the most feminist thing she could have done because she's just doing it f- for, for herself. Being up, like for the hell of it, yeah. No agenda. Uh, I think. I think for the most part, it's, it's handled really well. The only, the only bit that I didn't really like was the main guy, the handsome yeah. man. He 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 takes at least four goes before he accepts it. Do you know what I mean? There's like it's not like yeah. a, a, his immediate reaction is, "Oh my god, you're a woman. That's not right." And then she does something, so he's like, "All right, well, yeah." yeah like you get that because. You know he's why, annoyed because he was yeah because he's attracted to her. And yeah, he's like, he thought he was gay. He's and like, I'm coming to terms of being gay, and now you're a woman. Fuck's sake! Literally, he's so annoyed, and that's why he keeps pushing her away because he's like, oh, so confused. No, no, no. I mean, after he first finds out that she's a woman, yeah, yeah, he's already fallen in love with her by that point. Oh, I hadn't got that bit. But I agree with you. He, he, because he, he has that initial moment of being on. Un- I mean, not understandably, and I'd argue he reacts too strongly. But it's kind of understandable that he reacts with a, "What the fuck? You lied to me. You fuck off." Yeah. Um, but then, like you say, there are like two or three subsequent moments where she proves herself again and again, and he sort of could be like, "You know what? Fair enough." But he doesn't. He's just like, "Well, you fuck off. I told you to fuck off." That only happens once that he like pushes her away. He's like, "A life for a life, my debt is repaid." And then she's like, "No, that's the second. That's the second time. No, because the first first time when he actually it's no, the first time it's revealed when she's been when she's got bandages on and he and she's got bandages on. Yeah, and he basically says, "Right, get out." When he when he goes, "Only women wear bandages that way. You're a woman." Oh yeah, and yeah, he's just unnecessarily. No, he's just a bit. He's shocked. He doesn't say anything. James Hong does all the talking in this scene until he goes. He's like, you know the law, and then he goes to execute her. And then the first thing he says is, "A life for a life, my debt is repaid." And then the next time he speaks Mm. to her, she's like, "Shang, oh my god, they're in, they're in the city." And he's like, "Go away." And she's like, "Why is Mulan any different?" And then like, that's it. That's and then the very next time is he's putting his scarf on the pillar and being like, "All right, fine." So. Really, he's like coming to terms with the fact that he thought she was a boy and now she's a girl. That's confusing. He's annoyed and it's in public. Go away. There was just something about that and that character that I just felt needed to be more like he's cool with it. 
You think he was dis- he's disappointed that she's a woman because he's actually gay? The, like, the oh, love story like. is not very explicit, especially not compared to what we're used to up until this point. We, I, yeah, I, I, I really like, like yeah, I, I have to say, one of the things that really struck me on this viewing was how much I liked the way the romance is handled in this film. Because my memory of it was, oh, there's a, a romance between... Yeah her and the the general guy and i was just kind of waiting for this crowbard oh they fall in love now and the fact that we don't get that it's actually quite a nice reasonable Mm. oh i really like you as a person yeah and what you're actually i'm actually attracted to you physically i'm gonna come round and make some advances and Oh, would you like to come to dinner yes and you see okay this is gonna develop into something but it's not just love at first sight and which also, is bullshit so. it doesn't have to uh, advance anywhere do you know what I mean like I always saw that as like yeah sure he's gonna stay for dinner but she might find out that he like I don't know eats funny or whatever and then she's like <laughs> let's not see each other again and that's how I like to see it like maybe their relationship will grow maybe it won't but it's very it's very sort of pre-frozen with that like there was no they didn't need to get together and in some people's minds they haven't they never kiss. Yeah. They never. Well, they they do get married uh, immediately, pretty much in Mulan too. But that's not, not canon. That is not. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, in many ways, it is tacked on. But uh, yeah, I like that. I prefer that than the. Plus, it it allows us that all the time that she's trying to impress him, she's trying to prove herself to him. It's because she's proving herself as a soldier to this person that she respects mm-hmm. as a as a good soldier and her uh, an authority figure. Yeah. And to to be honest, like if anything, they could have done a bit more with that, a bit more. Like it made me. You'll you'll get this soul. It made me think of when Leela joins the Zap army. Brannigan, yeah, <laughs> Leela Brannigan's falling in love. Leela man, Leela Le- 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 man. <laughs> um, like a bit yeah. more like that, where let's play it that he's like, oh god, I quite fancy the soul. Yeah. They were never going to do on? that in 1998. Dis- <laughs> Disney for the ninth time. Disney are now making headlines. With the first LGBT character here in 2020. You know well, they I mean? keep saying yeah. they're going to do that. For and the, then like, what they do time. is they they give us one character who might kind of go, hmm, and like raise an eyebrow for half a second and yeah. then it cuts away. Look, Josh Gad is gay, therefore the character must be gay. <laughs> it's, Get it? it's Come literally on. the equivalent of making the fucking raccoon from Pocahontas gay. It's like they don't, oh, that is they don't so want gay, that though. as a role model. But like, wasn't. Wasn't Ursula? She was based on a drag basically queen. a trans woman, anyway. Yeah, she was just divine. I mean, does that not count for something? <laughs> it's ridiculous. So that's why in 1998 they weren't going to make the, the the primary male protagonist of this movie explicitly gay and struggling with his internal. Yeah, but they should have not gay. Would've he's just good. he's just confused because it's a woman dressed like a boy. We all take that from this movie, it's, but it's, it's very forgivable. It's not very there. <laughs> I think the main relationship in this movie is between Mulan and her father. And that's sweet because, as I've said Mm. previously, the father-daughter relationships in Disney movies have been barriers or safety nets. Whereas this is very much like a mutual, respectful uh, relationship. I can't say I agree if only because her dad's only in about five minutes of the film. I I think if there's a... If there's a main relationship in this film, it's between Mulan and Mushu. That's fair. Do you not think <laughs> theirs is the dynamic that is, you know, developing and fleshed out? Surely. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I just I just like how 
the, the relationship between the father and daughter is and is played out and how different it is to previous incarnations that we've seen. But you're right, like, she should have made out with the lizard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I didn't know you were making an argument for a making out with her dad. I thought, <laughs> I thought we were talking about mutual respect. <laughs> I did like the bit where the dad realises she's gone mm-hmm. and the mum's mm. like oh no you should go and stop her and he's like eh, <laughs> eh, maybe maybe if I reveal her I'll have to go and then I'll die no, so, no, 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 it's, I, it's he, I like the way he's, he's like that. do you want to do it have you seen my leg could barely get <laughs> through the fucking door <laughs> shut up it's a dramatic he really ha- moment ra- he hams that up yeah. where she's like you've got to go after her <laughs> he does have it up though he does when he when he when he has to go pick up the scroll it's like oh he's really putting that on he wasn't limping that much before <laughs> it's like he's really trying to make james hong feel bad <laughs> it's funny it's mulan is whenever i rewatch it and it is such an easy watch i remember how much i freaking love it but when you ask me what my top five animated Disney movies are, now that I've recently watched it, I'm going to include it. But before yesterday, I wouldn't have included it. I, for- I forget it exists in a way, even though I'm literally obsessed mm. with it. And every time I remember it exists, I'm like, holy hell, this movie. It's just, it's not outstanding, is it? It's just, there's nothing about it that really jumps out and goes, hey, this is the iconic moment. It's, uh, I've just looked up, it's my 19th favourite Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> out of a hundred? No, out of um, out of fifty-eight. Oh, <laughs> that's out of the proper Disney canon, Disney 20. Walt Disney Animation Studios. Fair. Um, are, are we ready to rate? Ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Surprising. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, God, no. I heard you ringing the doorbell earlier, baby. No, Was that for no, me, not, baby? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think anyone knows. What's I assume he's being Mike Myers, but I don't know why. <laughs> it's a long-awaited return of Austin Powers, who who greets us with his lovely <laughs> presence whenever someone the not awaited <laughs> whenever someone gives a ten out of ten. <laughs> This is the reason I've never given a 10 out of 10 on the show. I've not been on the show since the Truman Show, baby. Yeah! Groovy! (laughs) Does Mulan make you horny, Alan? (laughs) You see, Sol Sol likes to come up with these comedy characters, and then he thinks it's amusing to find the worst (laughs) one, and then just do it over and over again until it's (laughs) fucking... To annoy me, just the the shittest concept for a comedy game. Oh, it's, it's always it's always name first, and then everything else <laughs> second. <laughs> All right, look, I'm moving on. Uh, I, I like I said, I was um, pleasantly surprised by Mulan, and uh, I enjoyed it. And I thought it had it had a sort of subtlety that I don't associate with Disney. A kind of deft, deft touch to it that it didn't try and hammer home any anything it was dealing with. I suspect that's because it doesn't really want to deal with them and it just wants to sort of, you know, hint at things. But I'll take that. So I gave it uh, 8 out of 10. Nice! Oh, really? 
Oh well, I, I yes. it's just pretty. That's fucking incredibly high. For high I think for you. Moana. Yeah, I think you gave the Lion King like five out of ten or something. Surprised. So. Lion King shit. Um. Well, I mean, I guess I'm I'm being the 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 negative Nelly then. Um. I like Mulan. I think it's very good. Uh. I think it's lacking in that something that would take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. I I give it a seven out of ten, but that's a very good nice. seven, it's a strong fair. seven, you know. Yeah, high seven. 7.9. So, obviously, there is a live-action version coming out. We've mentioned Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, (laughs) Oh, Oh, sorry. I didn't watch Mulan 2, so I I completely forgot that it existed. Uh, I wish I could. I wish I could down Bleach and forget Mulan 2. Yeah, it's not that bad. <laughs> well, you you could. I mean, if you took, took it wasn't. Was... Sorry, it wasn't that bad. By the standards of a straight-to-video Disney sequel, Mulan Two is one yeah. of the best ones. Oh no! It is one of the worst ones. Really? Out of all of the direct-to-video Disney sequels, Mulan Two. Is an atrocity. Have you seen Beauty and the Beast 2 set in enti- Bell's, Bell's Enchanted Christmas? Christmas. Oh, fine. Tim Curry, mate. What do you want? Look, the, the, the king of straight-to-video Disney sequels is obviously, un- undeniably, the Lion King one and a half for Kuna Matata. I don't think anyone's going to uh, yeah. dispute that. No, no, that, no, that's that. I would also put a word in for Pocahontas Journey to a New World. Hmm... Well, it had a budget, which is more than I can say for this movie. Well, Pocahontas two is only like good because Pocahontas was so shit to begin with that they couldn't really Fair. tank it. Um, Lion <laughs> King two, you know, was trying. That's not nearly as bad as it might be. It's nice, it's got that good song in it. But I, I think Mul- Cinderella three, Mulan, is brilliant. Mulan two is much better than most of these things, if you ask me. No, man, no. It is such an insult to the original movie. It's an insult to my brain yeah, but they all and are. my face. No, but this one better especially than Hunchback is just, of Notre Dame it, too. It's better than Cinderella too. Right, it's on par with Hunchback of Notre Dame too because the two of those movies take the original and everything that was good and the whole point of the original and they throw it on the floor and they vomit on it and then they kick it into the drain and then they vomit on it some more. And then the rain washes it away, and then a rat consumes it, and then vomits it out again. You've made a fool out of yourself there. Rats, rats can't vomit. It's <laughs> a well-known fact. Most Disney sequels do this really annoying thing where they don't even try and come up with an original story. They just take the kids of the characters from the previous film and then remake the film with their kids. And that's yeah. really lazy and shit. And and I think. To give this film oh, so some, you want to give this one props for not doing that. Yeah, I, I think... think I would have preferred <sighs> that. To be honest, some shitty adventure with like Mulan's kid, no. who's, who's like a boy. No. Um, oh, that'd be good. That'd be good. It's genius. Well, what, what, like, well, guys, tell me what happens in Mulan. Well, obviously, Mulan it. and uh, BD Wong are engaged. Yeah, obviously, so they're they're preparing to get married. It's been. One Ooh. month since the previous movie. Yeah. Well, they they weren't allowed to have sex until they get married. It's the old days. So they're yeah. fucking gagging. Um, and Mushu, now played by oh Ding Dong. <laughs> oh no. Oh. Hello. Hey man, it's me, Mark Mosley. 
Hey, it's Chinese Mark Mosley. Uh, hey, <laughs> you guys can't afford Eddie Murphy, so I'm your official uh, knockoff that you bring in. I honestly Mark- don't know why this was allowed to happen. This ha- this was 2004. <laughs> it had been six years, and you can tell that the voice actors, because they brought the original voice cast of Mulan and it's it's everyone everyone reprising their role apart from Eddie Murphy. That's right. I'm a lot cheaper than Eddie Murphy. Six years. Oh, Mark Mark Mosley is, uh, of course, the official. Uh, replacement Eddie Murphy. He's who you get to voice Donkey if uh, you're making like a Shrek TV special um, Mm -hmm. or a video game. Yeah, Mark. uh, Mark, question for you. Um, I've heard you also do a very accurate Arnold Schwarzenegger as well. Can I hear that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? The vocal stylings. That's great. Very good impression, Mark. I didn't. Um, I didn't watch Mulan two, but I did watch a couple of clips just because I wanted to hear what Mushu sounded like. Um, he sounds like a white guy doing an Eddie Murphy impression, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was black. <laughs> no, Mark, Mark Mosley's white. That's why it's all right for me to do a, an extended impression of him because there's no nothing remotely problematic about it. I thought he was Chinese. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so basically, um, having just saved China from the Hun invasion, one month later they're asked to escort the emperor who, emperor's daughter, he now has three daughters, uh, and they're getting arranged marriage to a neighbouring, like, village, otherwise war will break out again, um, so they have to transport the three princesses across to the neighbouring village. And who do you think is escorting them? The three... Loser guys, Harvey Fierstein, <laughs> Harvey Firestein, the fat one and the nerd one, and <laughs> they they're escorting like three women that are like similar to them, but they don't do the, they're like the they, chip yeah, but they the but they could have done the obvious thing, which would be like a nerd one, then a fat one, and like one who talks like this, but they're actually just three <laughs> three women with their own personality traits and what I know, yeah, Sandra O. Lucy Liu and Lauren Tom. Now I've, I'm, no, I'm just I'm just looking at the credits here. I notice Sandra O oh plays a character called Ting Ting. Now is that a panda character? <laughs> <or> <laughs> no, that... that's that's the uh, the one he gets matched up with the nerd one. Why? Mm, okay. Princess. Odd choice of name. So uh, yeah, actually, I was impressed. You know that Harvey Feistein had quite butched butched his voice up as much as he, he did. He was. Um... He was worried. He he wanted to turn this role down because he wanted to give more opportunity to actual Asian actors. Um, and they were like, and no, you can do they it. They were like, look, if you don't do it, then we've got Tom Hanks on the phone. So... <laughs> <laughs> we've run out of uh, Asian actors in Hollywood. We've got that one from Jurassic Park and that one from Star Trek. We've fucking run out. <laughs> um, but, it's funny because it's true. But so the, so the, the A plot really is them this sort of romance plot between the nerds and these three new women, and the B Guess plot... Guess who the main antagonist of this movie is? See, this is why I think you'd like this one, Alan. <laughs> the main antagonist, that eagle, the eagle falcon. Nah, no, but you're not nah. too far away. Closer around. to home. The grandma. No, it's fucking Mushu. Mushu well, is the, Mushu's Mushu's the villain. That, that's why it's good, because this, this, the, the, the conflict of this film is Mushu realises that... He's basically gonna like he's a hero now, following the events mm-hmm. of Mulan, and he realizes that he's gonna be kind of useless once you know everything's settled down and they get married and so on. 
So because she'll adopt La- Li Shang's ancestors, so he won't need to be her guardian anymore. So he conspires oh. to split them up, and it's like this really sitcommy thing where he's like writing fake letters back and forth and pretending to be Mulan and talking about him behind his back. So all over here, like <laughs> my boyfriend's a, a real asshole and all that sort of thing, and, and uh, so awful, <laughs> and uh, and it works, yeah. So I think you'd really and like what, this one, they Alan. Split up and they well, they, they haven't exactly got a strong link, strong foundation. Well, of their no, relationship. That's what they say. That's what they say. They they basically say, "Well, maybe we rushed into this." You know, I guess we don't really know each other that well. And, and... but then, of course, the minute she finds out it was Mushu, she's like, "Oh, we don't have problems at all. We'll never no have issues. problems again." Well, yeah, because she's like, "Oh, like, well, oh I guess I do." Like her. Oh. Han, I thought that's fine. I thought ridiculous. That, I thought that was. Um, to be honest, I was impressed that Disney was willing to go there with any of that. The fact they're willing to it's let a punishment their, to Eddie Murphy. They're they're willing to let their hero be a villain. They're willing to let their main characters kind of acknowledge the relationship's faults and uh, shortcomings and and lean into it. I I think it's a lot better than it has any right to be. This film, honestly, and um, I mean, annoyingly, it does the same is it a musical, isn't it, sort of thing that all these films do. And they repeat. There's two musical numbers in the... Yeah, but that's great, because in these films you normally get just a real, like, we're going through the motions, we know there has to be a song here. Oh, but it's shit. And in this one they go, you know what, let's just do the same song again. And they do A Girl Worth Fighting For, but it's a reprisal with brand new lyrics, so all those three characters are like, what do we still want? We still want A Girl Worth Fighting For! Like, And it's setting up their plight at the start of the film. They're all single and lonely. I think it's used really well. You're kind of like, oh, that is a good song that I like. But, I, you know, the quality of animation's very good as well for a straight-to-video sequel. You know, again, I keep going back to our Aladdin episode recently, but we, we covered Return of Jafar and Aladdin and the King of Thieves, and I think we were, you know, pretty, not positive, but fair about those films, and we did say the animation was a significant step down. I think the animation here, compared to those films, is actually really impressive. It's it's really high end TV animation. It's it's um. What in Mulan? In Mulan too. It's not. What? It's not a world apart from the animation in Mulan. You don't have, for example, we we spoke about characters going off model and things like that. You don't get that in Mulan too. Everything's very professionally done and, and looks really glossy I and nice. It's lacking disagree. a heart and soul, um, which I would put down to I, the, the talent the of the animation. The animation is hideous. It's that it's the TV animation studio and you can see that. It's ugly and it's vile and the the way the characters are animated are completely against what they were like in the first yeah. movie. We talked about the serenity and the dignity of the characters. Yeah, in the first I, movie. I, I think that's where These it's ones lacking. Are bouncing around. It's lacking in the actual performance, the you know the the motion and the movement the characters have. But just to look at it as a as a still, it's you know for for a straight to video Disney sequel, it's quite glossy, high end affair. Really, I, I think this is one of the. Mm the later straight-to-video sequels they put out? It, it felt like... 2004, were... so mm. probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think they stopped doing them in 2007 or something, shortly after Pixar mm. took over. That's fair. Um, 
I, I I don't think it's a good film, but I just think it's a hell of a lot better than most of these, <laughs> and better than it could have been. Fair. I'll agree with you that they went somewhere different with the plot, but it still didn't save it for me. Mm. Well, I, I give it a 5 out of 10 anyway, which, you know, it's not, not a good score, but 2 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what a fall from grace. Mm. Yeah. Ooh. Can't believe you made me watch it. And then you had the audacity to not even watch it. You didn't well, suffer I'm, like we did. I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so there is a live action remake coming out. Yes. Uh, I mean, Disney are persevering with these live action remakes. I guess they're making money. None of them have been well received yet, have they? Ungodly amounts of money. You could slap the Disney. You could literally film a toaster. And like Brave Little Toaster, toaster. live-action remake, 2021. <laughs> you heard it here Give first. The what they want. Emily Slade announces Brave Little Toaster remake, <laughs> live-action remake. <laughs> Starring Channing Tatum as the mean? toaster. Looks <laughs> <laughs> like Steve Buscemi is that clown firefighter. Um, I'd watch that. But you know what I mean? And if they slap the Disney label on it, it would make all of its money back. Like, they are just taking the piss at this point. To a point. I, I don't think... I think they're going to have a harsh reality. They're going to try their luck a bit too much and make, like, a Black Cauldron remake. Do you remake think this will be it? Maybe. I don't trust the Western audience yeah. to go and see this movie. Well, I, I have no interest whatsoever in this film. I don't even have the morbid curiosity and slight tinge of excitement that I had no. for the likes of Aladdin and The Lion King. And I'll tell you why. It's it's They've announced there's no songs in it. And it's... Yeah. Why, why make a remake of Disney's Mulan without the music right? in it? That's the only... The only thing that separates... Disney's Mulan from anyone else making Mulan is the because other people have made Mulan. Well, yeah, Do you exactly. I mean? Chinese cinema exactly. have given us countless Mulan movies that we can go and peruse it at, that are actually closer to the original ballad of Mulan, and just the fact that they've changed the surname from Fa to Hua uh, as the original ballad doesn't make me be like, oh, brilliant! Like, if I want to watch the Mulan movie, I'll watch the Mulan movie that came out like five years ago, the live-action Mulan movie that China made. I'm not. I'm not going to go and watch this, especially as now they've made the fucking villain uh, a weird sorceress that turns into a falcon and hangs out with. They've changed all the names, which I get because like they're trying to make it more respectful to the culture and stuff. But it it it's putting you off if you're coming at it from a point of view where you love Mulan and I don't love Disney enough to go and support their attempt at uh, different cultures within cinema that aren't purely fantastical because whilst you could argue Aladdin was doing that it said in Agrabah which is fictional whereas they've really tried to make this historically accurate and I didn't like live action Aladdin but it was very much Disney's Aladdin they had a blue genie who fit this Mm -hmm. you know archetype of a character they'd established it had all of the songs pretty much um Mm -hmm. it, it had all these it, you know, had a talking parrot, kind of, a silly monkey psychic. It had all the recognisable elements that you yeah. think of when you think of Disney's Aladdin. And with mm-hmm. Mulan, I think the recognisable, dare I say, iconic moments are <laughs> the the songs <laughs> and Mushu, neither of which are in this because they're going for a gritty, realistic approach to the source material. But that's just... I, 
yeah, I just have no interest in it whatsoever. I just couldn't care less. See, my my concern with Mulan, based on the trailer that I watched, is that it's going to be quite spectacular and action-y and boring. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just going to be a load of sword fighting and then, It's like... going to be two and a half hours. Really? What the fuck have they oh, included? This, the pro- well, the problem is, everything I've heard about this film has basically been an announcement from the director who's taking it too seriously and has made the wrong decision creatively as a result. It's always... Every announcement they've made has been something along the lines of no songs because we're taking it seriously, PG thirteen because we're taking it seriously, uh, two and a half hour runtime because we're we're taking it seriously, and it's like that's not mm-hmm. that's not what Disney does. I think the problem is like it's it's not that we're not like I'm fine with this sort of film being made, but if I wanted to watch this kind of film, like I'd watch something by Yimao Zhang or like a, a yeah. proper yeah, but Chinese. It's easy enough for you to say that. You know very well that 95% of your mainstream Disney audience very does not think that way. Well, yeah, but then I don't think they're going to come out for this one either. Do you, do you not, can we not hope that they'll go and watch Mulan and then try and, and then go watch Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon or Hero? Do, do you think it'll be like a parasite reaction where people are like, mm. Oh, yeah, now I'm going to go watch House of Flying Daggers. I must say, I, I am genuinely really surprised at the the extent to which people have responded to Parasite with, I love South Korean movies now. <laughs> it's, yeah! It's like, really, like the, what? You couldn't, you know, this film's been here the whole time. I, I don't know, it's just really odd that people go, I like this film, therefore I now love all South Korean films. It reminds me of being yeah. 15 and dealing with twats on on the internet who were like oh i've just watched spirited away oh my whole life is anime now i just love japan <laughs> yeah so true but that's that's kawaii stuff in it you know it's that's how it starts that's that's the thick end of the wedge though isn't it and you know you that's that's the most vocal people. But then there's going to be lots of people who are going, oh, I like that. Maybe I can try this. Well, oh, that's, I like that's, Note, I think, I'll watch this. That's what I'm surprised by. It's, you know, it's the people at work and, and relatives and stuff who are sort of like, oh, I might check out uh, that guy's other films. I might, what, oh, I, you know, I saw about this other South Korean film the other day. Oh, interesting. And it's like, oh, in- fair enough. But... What's, what's easy as well is that they can all go and watch Snowpiercer, which is in English. So that's a good mm-hmm. starting point for them all. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, yes, Mulan, the remake, comes out this week, probably, if you're listening to it as we go out. Uh, thank you, Emily, for joining us once again. Yes, thank you. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for bringing probably some much-required passion for this film. <laughs> so much passion. <laughs> Iconic uh, words. This film scored really well today. Yeah. I've just yeah. realised. That's, like, that's probably going on our top films list, I've just realised. It's a good-ass movie! Yeah, I'm looking it up now. Where I'll, I, I've not looked at our list in a while, but it's gonna land uh, joint 29th. <laughs> That's pretty good going. Out of every film we've done, except, how many have we done? A Hundreds. Good few, what, five hundred, six hundred, maybe? Yeah, probably. Like, That's maybe not quite that much. But we've got we're nearly two hundred episodes. Well, we, we've in, done average more than one per. Yeah, we've done yeah. almost at least one film. Every with like the exception of a handful of episodes, we've done at least one an episode, and many episodes we've done like eight or nine. Yeah. So that's yeah, it's pretty good. Joint twenty ninth with Avengers: Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
wow. Wow. comparison. Yeah. That's all for this week. Um, if you like Emily uh, ranting about films she liked as a child, you'll love her <laughs> podcast. Yeah. It's called Why This Film. Available at all the usual places. Uh, and you're like, at Why This Film on all the social medias and all that, yeah? Yep. All right. So, yeah, Emily has a guest and they watch a film that they remember from years ago and then talk <laughs> about it. Um, yeah. Some, uh, you've been on it already. Alan and yeah. Sol is coming on this season. Yeah, we've both we've both done it. Yeah. So you'll have to. <laughs> so, so we've paid our dues. <laughs> wow! Don't make it sound too much like a punishment. <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun. Uh, yes, and we will be back next week, as always, uh, with something else that I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, shit. Uh, next week. Ooh. Oh. 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 We're on the Bond train. <laughs> <laughs>